What would it be like to practice having this, this attitude of compassion toward the people that you love, where when they're telling you about their day or, or complaining about a situation they're in before you try to fix it or before you try to tell them what to do, or, or maybe even when you're like, mm-hmm, you actually are engaged with compassion. You try to like feel what it would feel like to be where they are and actually lean in. Because you are God's chosen people, because you are holy and dearly loved, because you are pursuing a mindset like that of Christ Jesus. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole, and I'm so glad to be with you. We are in the middle of a series called The Miracle Moment, which is truly about how we put on Christ-likeness in the way that we love one another, the way that we pursue grace and truth with one another. And we are three weeks in, so we're on um, session three today. So if you haven't listened to the previous two, I want to encourage you to go back. These are building on each other. I'm really trying to help us lay out a case for why this idea that love is our highest priority, that love is our greatest response to what Christ has done for us, is truly something that will impact your everyday life, every single relationship that you're in. It is truly the marker of your faith, the way that you love, not the way that you know not that it's not important to know, because obviously we love to study. It's not, it's not just, though, about knowledge. It's about what that knowledge is doing in us and the way that it's transforming us. And more than anything, I hope what you're hearing in these few weeks is really that it is Christ who equips us to be able to love the way that he's calling us to love. This is not about you just gritting it out and just clenching your fists and, and just continuing to like show up, you know, with this like half smile with the people in your life. It's actually about a transformative work that God does in us that actually changes the way we feel about ourselves, the way we feel about others, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about others, the way we act toward ourselves, as well as the way we act toward others. So today we're going to talk about this mindset, how we enter in to the mindset that sets us up to be able to love this way, to love fully in this way. So our passages today, we're going to have two of them. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn to these passages, they're close to each other. The first one is in Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8. The second one is in Colossians 3 verses 12 through 14. So whenever we get into the epistles, the letters, these are letters that were written to the early churches, what we want to know when we're going into these letters is that it's just they're so rich because um, when they're written, they're really addressing issues that that early church is dealing with at that time. Remember, when we're studying the Bible, we're trying to understand what did it mean at that time, and then we're bringing it into modern day. Now, what's beautiful about how the Spirit has worked through the Scriptures is that what we find to be the problems of the early church, guess what? Those problems haven't changed. Humanity is still the same. So even though it is important, of course, there are particular passages, especially where we really do need to be able to interpret the cultural context of the time, meaning we need to understand what was actually going on at that time, what is being addressed at that time. At the same time, there are other passages that are just so timeless in what they're giving us, so timeless about 
who people are and what our life is like in Christ, that they truly are a quick move, a quick translation, let's say, right into modern times. So what we're going to see today is that the the texts that we're looking at are going to give us those like immediate translation. You could just go right into modern day. It's the same. It's true, as true as it was then. It's as true now. And it's really addressing something that is an essential of our faith and an essential of our understanding of humanity. So let's start with Philippians Two, I'm actually going to read you the New Living Translation first, okay? So Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. And if this is your time with the Lord for today, I just want to invite you to take a deep breath and know that this just is not just words coming through your device. This truly is the living words of God who loves you, who is seeking you. The Spirit of God is moving among and in your life. And when you take this time to place yourself under God's word, he truly is doing a work. So just take a deep breath so you can step in with faith. Philippians 2. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Okay, and Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Okay, here we go. Now, you may wonder, why did I bring these two passages together? And what I want you to see that is in these two passages, we are going to see two things. The first is about a setting of the mind The second is about a daily practice, okay? So oftentimes when I'm with folks, they're asking me the question, how do I live into this thing? I know what you're saying, you know, about what Jesus has done for me, but how do I actually do it? Is it it actually possible to be different? And what I would say is, yes, it is possible to be transformed in Christ, but it is going to happen inch by inch, moment by moment. Yes, of course, there are people out there who have these miraculous experiences where they just have a moment where their entire life just turns a different direction. And and of course, that's beautiful and wonderful and good, but God has many ways of reaching his people. And for many people, there is an inch by inch transformation that begins to happen in their life as they place themselves under scripture day by day, as they surrender themselves to Jesus day by day. Jesus said in the gospels, take up your cross daily and follow me. If Jesus was saying that to his disciples, then he is still saying that to his disciples now, which means that when we are in Christ, we should expect that we are having inch by inch transformations to be more and more Christ-like. But guys, how do we know 
where we're going if we don't talk about what it looks like when you get there. Like, we got to know where we're going to know and see um, those changes happening in our life because truly they do happen little by little. So if we don't, if we're not even like paying attention to that little by little or, or creating the practices that allow that little by little to happen, then we often will find ourselves very discouraged in the faith and we will hit a valley and uh, in our life we'll hit some kind of low point and we'll think, what is all this? Is it even really true? You know, like, does it really matter? Because we haven't been paying attention to the inch by inch transformation that God is doing in our life. And what we see in these two passages, when we ask the question, what does it say? What we're going to find in these two passages is a couple of directions right at the beginning. So let's find those directions ourselves. Now, one of the things I like to do when I'm trying to make sure I understand a passage, one of the things you can do, it's free, it's easy. You can go to BibleStudyTools.com, you can put in a passage, and then you can read it in some different translations, okay? So I like to read it often in the New International Version, the New Living Translation, and the ESV, the English Standard Version, okay? So these are a couple of different ways that you can read. Remember, this was written in a different language. So the, the New Testament was written mostly in Greek, and that means that translators, scholars, are taking those words and they're translating from another language. Whenever there's a translation... There can be some different nuances in words that are chosen or ways that words are put together. And so sometimes for our different minds, it can strike us differently. It can become more rich when we read it in a couple of translations. One note about the message version, if you read the message version, I love the message. I do read it. It's not considered a translation. And what I mean by that, it's considered a paraphrase. And, and why is that important to me? It's important to me that you know that because the message was translated by one author, one incredibly brilliant author, Eugene Peterson, um, who is a scholar in both Greek and Hebrew. Um, but he, he was translating and paraphrasing scripture for the purposes of preaching sermons in his church. That's what the original intent of the message was. When you read a, uh, a true translation, it is a group of scholars working together and building consensus around the words that they want to choose. The only reason I share that, it does not invalidate the message. It just means you're going to get a little bit more of Eugene Peterson in the message in the way that it's translated, because it's truly meant to be a paraphrase. It's a beautiful supplementary work. It helps so much in this same approach to kind of understanding scripture, but we've just got to have our eyes and our minds open to say, okay, I'm looking for different ways to experience this passage and different things that it says. And in, in doing that, I, I don't find contradictions when I do that. I just find more richness, more of an understanding available to me. So back to the point, that was a little rabbit trail, Philippians 2. Here it is in the ESV. Just listen to verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Okay. So in the uh, NLT, it says, have the same attitude. And then it says, have this mind among yourselves. And when I dig a little bit deeper into that word, when we're talking about what the backstory is, and we push into that word, that word really means um, directing your mind 
in a certain direction. Okay, so I'm going to direct my mind to a thing. I'm going to direct my mind to go after something. When I think about directing my mind, I think about being um, in the car and taking my car somewhere and having like the directions to where I'm going in my mind so that I can direct the car to go to that destination. So when we think about our life in Christ, we can use that same experience to say, okay, where am I directing this life? Where, where is it headed? Do I know what that destination is? And so what it tells us in Philippians 2, when we think about this, is that you need to have an attitude like Christ Jesus. You need to have a mindset like Christ Jesus. You want to be setting the directions in your soul's GPS like Christ Jesus. And then Philippians 2 goes on and says, this is what Christ Jesus did. Although he had all equality with God, he actually emptied himself. He he t- did not cling to it. He gave it up. There's a lot of different words used there. And he took on humility. He took on humility and was obedient, even when that obedience brought death. Okay, so you're like, hold on, Nicole. Am I supposed to set my soul's GPS to death? <laughs> That's not what I mean. But what I do mean is that the directive... The attitude was the most important thing is that I'm obedient to the Father. The most important thing is that I'm humble. And it's very, very clear in Philippians. It's saying this is the mindset that you want to have, okay? So we're going to hold that there. I want you to hold that there as part of your directive is that in Christ Jesus, we are on a directive toward humility and towards obedience to God. And then we're going to pick up Colossians 3, okay? Colossians 3 is going to give us a little bit more color. If you're like, I don't know what humility really looks like. You should be asking that question, by the way. When someone tells me they know exactly what humility is, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, tell me all about it. Let me see how it plays out in your life. Because humility is complicated and it's dynamic and it's changing. And, And to really seek humility is to absolutely direct your mindset in a completely different direction than the way the world tells us we need to show up. Everything about the world says you need to get yours. You have your own rights. You've got to fight for what's yours. Everything that is coming in to your eyes, to your ears, all of it is saying you got to get yours. It is setting your soul's GPS in a completely different direction. And yet here we are in Christ and it's saying, hey, if you're going to be in Christ, you're setting your GPS in in this direction. And this direction is going to take intention, like it is going to be an intentional work to choose this direction, to direct your mind. And this is where we get into um, what we would call agency, like agency means your freedom, like where is, where is like, what has God done for me? And what, what is my job to do? And whenever we ask the question, well, what is my job to do? We're kind of getting into that right now, because the scripture is directing us on what is our actual job to do. It's saying, okay, the first thing is you got to get in your car with your soul's GPS directed this way. Like it's not saying you got to build the car, like you, but you, you, you do get to drive the car and like, are you going to set it in this direction? First of all, right? Um, yeah, the car breaks down. I mean, I'm really working this analogy. The car is going to break down and, and God's going to be there to pick you back up. But like, are you interested in setting your mind in this direction? And then we see in Colossians three, here's our next directive. Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. I love that we set up like this is who you are. 
This is who you are. You've been chosen by God. You've been called holy by God. You are dearly loved by God. Now, because of those things, here's the directive. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Okay. Clothing yourself is another directive. Clothing yourself is something that you do every single day. You do, you, you, you get dressed in the morning, you get directed in the morning. And here we have this sense of like, what is ours to do? Step one from Philippians, what is ours to do? What does this mean? Is there is an attitude, there is a setting that is required and it takes intention to seek that setting. Colossians three, there is a practice of being um, God's chosen people. There is a practice that requires clothing ourselves in certain practices, in certain attitudes, in a mindset. And in order to do that is how we're actually moving toward Christ-likeness. That is what this means for us. And now we can ask ourselves, what does this mean for me today? And this is where it gets so good. Because what we have here is, is just so to the point and directed. It is as easy as you making a list. If you want to know what is on your to-do list, if you want to be in Christ today, look at Colossians 3 verses 12 and 13, and you will find yourself a list. Can I tick off the list for you? Here's some options. Hmm. Who am I to be today? Compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, patience, bearing with each other, forgiving others, forgiving as God forgave me, putting on love, pursuing unity. Okay, there you go. That's just verses 12, 13, and 14. And you could pick any number of those, any one of those. What I want you to do when we think about how to apply this, as we actually get into what does it look like to have miracle moments in our life, where, where instead of going the way that the world is just pulling us to go, we're able to stop and say, wait a second, I have a different mindset. I have a different to-do list and I can take this moment of frustration. I can take this moment of discomfort. I can take this moment of misunderstanding and I can do something different with it. So I want you to think about a relationship in your life where you desire more closeness. It could be your spouse, your child, your parent, a friend. It doesn't have to be someone that you have conflict with, but I want you to think about how you might improve a relationship that you already have, even a relationship that is already strong. But the reality is when we get to the kind of list that we find in Colossians 3, all of us have places to grow. We all have places to grow. And I want you to think about working those relationship skills through this list. What would it be like to practice having this, this attitude of compassion toward the people that you love, where when they're telling you about their day or, or complaining about a situation they're in before you try to fix it or before you try to tell them what to do, or, or maybe even when you're like, mm-hmm, you actually are engaged with compassion. You try to like feel what it would feel like to be where they are and actually lean in because you are God's chosen people, because you are holy and dearly loved, because you are pursuing a mindset like that of Christ Jesus. And if you're hearing this, it should sound challenging. If, if you're not challenged by this, then you're missing something that we're talking about. Because there's not one person who is able to do what we're called to do in Philippians 2, what we're called to do in Colossians 3. There is not one person who can do that in their own strength. We can only do that 
when we are keeping in step with the spirit, when we're saying, you know what, Jesus will give me everything that I need. Therefore, I can release my needs. It doesn't mean you're a doormat. It doesn't mean that you never stand up for yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't enter in when there's hurt or grievances. But it does mean that your mindset is one where you are seeking forgiveness. It's a mindset where you're choosing humility, meaning you, you want to understand the other person's experience. You want to understand how they are experiencing you, how they are experiencing the world. You put them first. It's about an attitude where you're like daily clothing yourself. And, and as you do that, you're going to fail and you're going to fail again. And that's where grace meets us, where God is like, my mercy is extended to you every single morning. You know what else we have every morning is God's mercies being new every morning, Lamentations 3. So in the midst of clothing ourselves again and again, we're like, today's another day where I get to put on the mindset of Christ Jesus. Today is another day where I can clothe myself with compassion. And when you get to the end of the day, when you get to the end of today, you can lay your head on your pillow and you can say, Father, thank you for showing up for me. Thank you for that moment where I was able to pursue that miracle. And yes, there were moments that I failed, but you love me and your mercy is new every morning. And inch by inch, I am being transformed more into your likeness. You are using difficult situations in my life. You are using challenging relationships in my life. You are not ashamed of me. You are not embarrassed of me. You are not disturbed by the slowness of my change. You are delighted in me because you say that I am chosen, I am holy, and I am dearly loved. And if you want to change, you start with that attitude day by day, inch by inch. All right, you guys, I'll talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMUS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.